The Serial Entrepreneur, brought to you by Startups Magazine. A podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges. Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like, I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this, and then the pandemic happened, and I didn't do this. And, and you spend so much time, like, second-guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like, we're human. It really does improve over time, and I think sometimes when you're starting out, you kind of almost expect yourself to have, you know, super high standards from the start. You know, you want to do your best at the start, absolutely, but you're never going to be perfect. Plus, share their biggest secret, their favourite breakfast cereals. My favourite cereal is an Australian cereal called Nutrigrain. Rice Krispies. It's pretty boring. Weetabix. I have a clear winner. It is uh, Cocoa Pops. Hello and welcome back to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast, as always brought to you by Startups Magazine. Today I am joined by Anne Giuliano, CEO and founder of Muse Finance, a business finance startup helping to close the UK SME funding gap with more accessible financing options, which was born out of the frustration of cash flow gaps, chasing invoice payments and untangling complex financial reports. As well as this, Anne has over 20 years of experience in the financial markets and is also four times Ironman competitor and also holds a black belt in taekwondo and it's such an array of talents it's such a pleasure to have you with me today how are you thank you thank you for having me yes good good I'm doing well thank you amazing well before we delve into yourself your background and your super super cool story my first and maybe most important question for today is as it is the serial entrepreneur podcast what is your favorite breakfast cereal and why yes uh, my favorite cereal would be lucky charms because i do like the idea of a little bit of luck in everything that you do and i love the variety that you get with it (laughs) Amazing. Yes. Like when I was younger, I lived in America for like three years and Lucky Charms were like a dream. Like it's a little treat. It's like pudding at breakfast, isn't it? It's amazing. So yeah, great solid choice in my opinion. (laughs) So before we obviously jump into all the, the businessy side and the business questions, let's kind of start at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, your journey. Sure. I've got three brothers, so I've always been surrounded surrounded by boys and competing against them. Um, I love sports. I love competitions um, and kind of elevating. And I think that has a lot to do with getting into banking back in the early 2000s when that was kind of the thing to do. And, you know, I saw a lot of opportunities within that space. And then the market changed and it started to move on to more private equity, credit funds. So I had a fantastic transition from Credit Suisse over to Fortress Investment Group, where I ran their insurance division, Um, really enjoyed that experience. Um, And then it's almost like the next theme that came out was entrepreneurship. And, um, you know, I, I wanted a crack at kind of doing it on my own. So 2014 launched my first business and then really realized how different it is to go from a large institution to kind of running your own shop and that um, actually what you're good at you probably spend a fraction of your time doing and there's a lot of other stuff that comes along with it yeah no definitely so 
had had starting your own business, had been an entrepreneur, always been on something that you'd wanted to do, you know, from being a young age, had it always been on your agenda? Sure. Yeah, I think growing up, you know, my mom would call me kind of the boss of my brothers. <laughs> so I definitely was the one that kind of brought everyone together, even on the holidays, making sure that everything was organized, even as early as elementary school, put together clubs or organizations and, and did that out throughout university. So I think there was always a part of me that loved that idea of creating something, creating value, also being really uncomfortable when things didn't work and trying to find a solution for it. And I, I would think, or I do think a lot of what goes behind an entrepreneur is having that uncomfort, seeing what needs to get fixed, and then having the courage to fix it. And I don't know if it's courage in my part, or if it's, you know, it's like the element of fearlessness, or it could just be completely, you know, missing the fact that what you're about to embark on is going to be um, absolutely crazy, a crazy experience. <laughs> but I think, I think all of that kind of plays into the fabric of who I am and, and you know, what's led a lot of my decisions, you know, behind and like starting businesses. Definitely. So Muse Finance, talk me through kind of like the idea, when was the specific moment and what, where the idea came from, what made you guys go for it and create this business? So it, I remember standing in line at HSBC and it was after I launched my first business was an investment uh, advisory business to large institutions. I had some of the largest companies as a client, um, which is, you know, was really satisfying from the perspective of, okay, you launch on your own, you're kind of like, I don't have that brand name anymore. What's going to happen? And then to get these large clients on board felt phenomenal. I had two really good business partners that I've worked with for over 15 years, and and we really were a good, solid group. Um, but I was there in HSBC trying to, I think, pay a dividend or something. And I had to bring all forms of ID. And I felt like, this is crazy. First of all, why am I standing in line and I can't do this online? Second of all, why are you making me feel like I'm robbing the bank? You know, it's, it's my money. Like, let me, you know, do what I need with it. Um, so that, you know, that was, you know, I, my passion against business banking runs really high. I think it, you know, that was back in 2014. And there were a lot of studies about how terrible business banking was. Um, and it's still, you know, fortunately for the challenger banks, it's, it's been addressed to a certain point, but it's still an issue. But it's just all that friction around running a business and really taking the business owner away from their core value and what they do needs to get solved for. And that's really what I think that anger and that frustration kind of motivated me behind Muse. And then there's also this like lack of respect that you get as a business owner. So coming from like the institutional side, you walk into a meeting, um, people treat you with, you know, a certain level of respect. And then when you're a business owner, the way that you get treated by your banks and accountants is like, what happened here? You know, it's like absolutely ridiculous. And the rates that small businesses get charged is extortionate. And it's kind of like, oh, they're the sucker. And I'm like, shouldn't be set up this way. It's there's a huge inequality. And it's, 
it's terrible. And, and, and unfortunately, businesses are, you know, being used in the political spectrum. But actually, what's being done isn't helping. And it's, you know, if anything, hurting. And unfortunately, I'm seeing businesses right now shutting down almost once a week, at least. And they're like good businesses. But I think the last last couple of years have really taken the gas out and we're just not addressing it the right way. Anyway, long story short, that's why I started Muse. I wanted to find a very simple way to help business owners get a handle on their short-term cash flow, manage it, and then provide finance uh, in a short period of time. Amazing. One thing I did pick up uh, on, the, on the, the story there, and I won't dwell on it for too long, I promise. This won't be a conversation all, all about that today. But you said how business owners are treated compared to when you when you weren't a small business owner. Do you think that also being a female business owner played into that as well? As I say, we won't base the whole conversation today on diversity. It's not, that's not the topic of conversation today. But obviously, you're a female founder. Have you faced any uh, prejudice or repercussions because of that? I have to say, like, across the board, I always, you know, it's always been an interesting element to, to my job. So on the trading floor at Credit Suisse, I was uh, a senior director um, and one female out of a group of 100. Fortress Investment Group, I was a managing director, one of two out of 1,000. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, unaccustomed to having to fight for myself and defend myself. And I think that's why always in my career, I lean heavy on performance and stats and numbers because you can't play well you can play with stats and stats can tell you whatever you want them to do but you can't play with performance and numbers um and so i've been lucky to have had a successful track record i've you know my first two businesses did really well um they've actually been able to support founding news and, and getting that launched i don't think had those businesses had those businesses not worked out, I don't think I would have, I would be sitting here today. I don't think it's as easy for female founders, especially in fintech, especially doing uh, lending. Um, I don't think it's easy for them to kind of get out there unless they have their own support that they, they can kind of kick off. At this point, we've grown our portfolio the last 18 months month over month, um, an incredible amount. Um, so it's easier for me to have those conversations. But to get to this point has been, uh, you know, a full-blown fight. And I'll have conversations with people, you know, as we, have, we use a lot of insurance in what we do. I had a conversation with an insurance company, and I remember this guy going, oh, well, isn't that sweet? Good for you. I'm, like, being able to get the business. At this point, I was like, thanks, thanks. You know, I did manage $2 billion for uh, one of the largest pensions in the world. Um, and I got them two times the return, more than they ever expected. So, yeah, I think I kind of know what I'm doing, but thanks for that, uh, you know, that comment. So, you know, I, it, it's, it's right. We can't focus on it. Um, thank God that out there, there are some men that uh, really lean in and help and mentor women. Um, I would say I've got some on my cap table that, you know, are really supportive and help, 
you know, not just from a financial perspective, but help with kind of navigating. And it's a different way to navigate as a female. But, you know, I do think there are a lot of strengths as a female um, that you're able to use. And I, and I do think, you know, recently I've learned the value of humor and being able to kind of, you know, enjoy a little bit the hard times in a weird way because it, you know, it, it kind of dissipates that. And you know, at the end of the day, I'm fighting for capital against, uh, in a competitive market, against still a lot of very well-capitalized fintechs, but we're still outperforming. So I'm happy with that. And I'm, even though we don't raise or have not raised as much as our competition, actually for every pound raised, we make four times more value as a company. So, you know... I'm glad money's not being thrown at us because I've got some other stats that I'm actually really proud of. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, as the question I asked was, is it harder being a business owner as, as a female? That You answered that perfectly. But what I was going to say was you have the added layer of also being in an industry that is known for being notoriously white males do you know what I mean so it's like an added layer of of kind of a barrier for you and so to see you smashing it and and talking about these incredible numbers and to see the incredible things that Muse is doing it's just yeah it's it's inspiring and it's yeah it's great to see that you know you're paving the way and being a role model for other female founders in this industry oh thanks that's nice thank you no no my pleasure Moving on slightly, I'm not finished with Muse um, by any means, but I want to talk obviously about your your other side and um, the competitive sports sides to you because I mean also traditionally that's quite a male dominated space as well. Obviously, we're seeing a lot more females coming through all the sports, which is incredible. But taekwondo, I mean, I don't know the sport very well, so is that male dominated normally? And and how did you first get into it? <laughs> It, it's like the, the dorky secret that I try not to tell anyone about. I'm like, Shh. <laughs> yeah, so growing, growing up with three brothers who I absolutely adored, loved, and respected, I wanted to do everything they did. And so they, they went into it. I think it was at the age of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when that was really popular. I'm not, it's not to date myself, but all that information is publicly available anyway. So uh, so that's, you know, it was really just following my brothers around. Um, and then ironically, I kind of st- stuck with it and they didn't really stay with it. But then I, I carried it out into, um, yeah, into uh, international competition in high school, which was kind of, kind of fun. Yeah. Massive. And I believe you previously have competed in the Olympic trials. Like, oh my gosh, talk me through this experience. How tough was it? And I think that probably wasn't the toughest competition I've had. But yeah, I did do the uh, uh, Olympic trials back um, back in high school. It was an incredible experience. Um, the setup there was absolutely beautiful and inspiring. Um I say that it wasn't the most difficult because actually when you get to that stage, you're not doing that many fights versus, you know, early earlier on, you kind of do have to have multiple fights within a day. And some of those, some of those days are long and tiring, but, you know, but you still kind of remember them years later. 
Yeah. Which so do you remember like vividly which one some some of your toughest competitions were and you know, I don't I guess yeah, it's tough to say. The toughest competition. I, I remember, you know, there are certain days where you don't feel up for it. And I, I actually there was um this woman who won the Olympics, I think it was nineteen eighty eight, um, and I, I trained with her and um I remember one day she came to me and it was just like, I just don't feel like it today. She goes, those are the days that you earn your gold because you have to just do it. So I think if anything, that's, uh, that to me has the biggest impact. Yeah. The determination. Definitely. Talking, sticking on sports, just for one more kind of round of questions. You, um, also compete in Ironman competitions, which is, insane um I like to run but like honestly like Iron Man's that is incredible how did you first get into um competing in Ironman's and what sort of kind of like training does that take on your body physically and mentally so I, I was inspired by it I think partially growing up in California it was broadcasted and I remember seeing those two women like crawling across the finish line and I just thought wow like for them to get themselves to that level and still be like pushing to still finish is uh, an incredible incredible finish um, and an incredible story and so it kind of at that point said okay this is interesting I want to get involved um, I absolutely love cycling and running so I just have to get over the fact that I'm a buoy in the water um, and they hopefully float in the right direction but after kind of guess like some tough times personally I needed uh, a way to focus and actually having being able to indulge myself in a sport and in an activity that I enjoyed uh, but then have that focus of a big difficult competition really helped me through that tough time and I enjoyed it I made some incredible friends and there's like all these fantastic um, you know, ancillary things that you get from it. And um, it would highly encourage everyone to give it a shot. And I, yes, and it's absolutely incredible what you learn about yourself and about your body, and what you're capable of doing, because you're right, like, when you talk about it, and you break out what I'm going to do 180 k cycle, I'm going to do a marathon, how can I do that after the 100? It's like, it, I had all of those thoughts, but, you know, it's, it's absolutely incredible what the human body can do and, and put it to the performance and then just like everything, do your homework and uh, just kind of chip away at it. And it's pretty incredible what, what you achieve. Definitely. Was the, which one was, do they get easier or do they get harder? So was the first one more difficult or the fourth one more difficult? They more tactical and and like as a someone that you know always wants to improve I think you get more critical of yourself as you go go through it and the interesting thing with the race that takes that long and for me it was like 11 and a half hours which you know in the UK I placed six in my age group so it's not you know podium but it's not back of the pack but the uh you know, I think the thing you learn is that every race, something is going to happen and you don't know, you don't know what it is. Um, 
and and you just have to roll with it. And if anything, I think that's the most incredible, you know, knock on lesson to business. Some days I get to the office and I feel like, okay, what are you going to throw at me? <laughs> like at this point, I, you can tell me anything. I am not going to be surprised. <laughs> Yesterday, we had the, an incredible. We had incredible news happen. It happened at four thirty. We signed on a twenty million facility that's going to help out. You know, help us provide different type of financing than we have before. So it was a really good win. And at five o'clock, I got a phone call. I was like, "What? <laughs> at least give me at least give me a couple hours to enjoy, <laughs> celebrate." Yes, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's like one of the things with business, isn't it? Like you just don't know what is around the corner. It's always kind of a, there's always a hurdle. There's always a challenge. And you mentioned at the beginning, obviously like courage. And I feel like we've obviously we've spoken about determination with obviously the Taekwondo and the, the Ironman. So one of my, my key questions to you was go, was going to be, and I know we've touched on this, but how do you use, you know, these skills and these kind of crazy achievements and what you've learned from the sports in your business you know does can these sports teach you valuable lessons for when running a business I definitely think so number one with and because Ironman is was more recent to me than than Taekwondo for for me the achievement just passing that finish line seemed when I first came up with I'm going to do this you know I was like quasi couch potato, you know, not, not anywhere close to the fitness I had to be. And it was overwhelming. And, and when you think of that big goal, you know, sometimes you get inspired by it, but sometimes you get overwhelmed by it. And I, I would equate that to where I am right now on my journey with, you know, I want to take Muse public in the next three to four years and list it on the New York Stock Exchange. So that to me is, wow, that's overwhelming. But how incredible would that be to ring that bell? You know, you got that like, motivation but you have to keep it in check and then it with the Ironman training you just you have a good coach you break it up into bite sizes you know what you need to hit as far as your targets um, and that's very much like uh, having a really good investor base and having a really good advisory board is they help you break that up into those kind of like bite sizes um, at the end of the day, you have a gut sense of what you need to do, but it's so much nicer to have the kind of bite sizes along the way. And then just like triathlon, you find the people you want to cycle with on the weekends while you're training that you enjoy. You know, I found like networks for being a business owner have been very valuable to me because it's talking to someone else that is also going through, you know, their own journey, but it's a different journey than just showing up to work every Every day and kind of having your packed lunch, right? So it's um, it's great that the journey and the people that you meet kind of along the way. And then, like I said, you know, the UK Ironman was like three laps on the bike, and my gears broke lap two. And I was like, I was having such a good bike ride. You can't do that to me, right? And I'm like, that's my strong suit. And, you know, I just kind of figured out how to get through that last lap on one gear. And, you know, you don't, you don't know. I didn't know that was going to happen. I mean, it's just like business. Like, you're going to be throwing some, some crazy things. You can't just be like, well, that's it. 
my best race is, is over, not going to happen. You know, it's no, you, you can't do that. You got to just keep going. Definitely, definitely. It's clear from kind of both avenues of your life, it's being prepared for the unexpected is, is a key thing. But as a business owner, as a, as a founder, is it also important to have a vision though and have a plan, but just also to be prepared? How important is that vision and that plan and, and the goals? It's so important. And that's, I guess that's, that's back to, you know, our vision is to list on the New York Stock Exchange. That gives me that direction. I know where I'm going. I've got numbers I want to meet. Um, just like having the Ironman. Uh, like I am terrible with nothing. And I actually this week decided I'm going to sign up for another race because without some kind of goal, and maybe it's just me, but you know, it's really hard to like focus that energy. And so like just going to workout class, you know, I've been doing that for the last couple of months is like just not cutting it. You know what I mean? It's just get, get that focus down. And even if it changes, what if I decide, you know, something totally different, you know, at least I've got a good direction. I've had progress and forward momentum. Yeah. It's taking that leap, isn't it? I mean, this is nothing in comparison to obviously what you competed, but I signed up to my first half marathon literally yesterday and I was like, oh, shall I do it? Shall I not do it? And I was like, I'm not ready. I don't have enough time. But I was like, if you don't sign up now, you'll never sign up. There'll always be an excuse. So you've got to just take that leap, haven't you? And go for it. And like you say, if if it comes to it and you don't run it, you don't do it for whatever reason, it's fine. But you need to like work towards something otherwise you'll never do it so yeah exactly congratulations thank you thank you honestly baby steps as I say compared to you one day I'll be ringing you up and I'll be like and I've done my first time man (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect I'll cheer you through (laughs) I feel like we've touched on this all the way through but kind of my last big question to you is going to be what have some of your biggest challenges on your journey, personal and business related, and how have you kind of like fought to overcome these? So I think challenges for being a startup is, you know, a list can go on forever, right? Um, you're dealing with not a lot of capital, so it's hard to employ people that are of the caliber that you're used to you kind of have to haggle your way to convince them that this is a great opportunity you can do it and I I think I've gotten better at that skill set but also I think the performance has been able to convince that story as well but I think it is a challenge to find good people I think it's a challenge to find people that give it the same level of energy and enthusiasm that you do that you can trust. And it's, it's sad because there are a lot of people out there that see like, Oh, startup. Oh, FinTech. That sounds like fun. You know, let's, let's see what we can take from them. And they're not like giving. So that's the other thing is like, I give so much to what I'm doing. I give so much to everyone that that's on the team and they're absolutely incredible. I'm very fortunate to have them. Um, but what's hard is then you're giving, 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 and you're like, okay, no one gives back, you know? And that's the empty feeling. It's like, okay, like some days it's like, come on, like give me a little break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A one-way street and it, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, definitely. And I think on the personal side, it's, 
you know, I, I work a lot and I have, I have a four-year-old and husband and I have to pay attention to them on the weekends, you know, it's like, <laughs> you, you, just as if, if you were single, you have to pay attention to your friends. Otherwise you need that support system down the road, you know, so. Yeah. Finding that balance is always one of the most difficult things. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of just figure, I'll figure out that balance in about four to five years. <laughs> And then there'll be something else to juggle, I'm sure. (laughs) Never ending. So finally, this is, I promise, my final question now. What is next for Anne and and for Muse? I know, obviously, uh, to be on the stock exchange is is the end goal. But yeah, like what what can we see short term? What exciting things have we got coming up? Uh, I think in the near term, uh, we're looking to raise our series a so getting ready for that for um kind of the fall period i've gotten a lot of reverse inquiries which is great it feels like we have a lot of momentum and it's at a really important time for business owners everyone is stressed at the moment and looking for help so we think that hopefully we can be that solution for them and then personally, yeah, I, I think I committed myself this week to a half Ironman in March. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, another one on the bell. <laughs> Is it like a bug though? Like, do you like do you always crave doing another one? And yeah, it's it is, and it's it's been. I haven't done it for since I started Muse, just from a timing perspective, but. Um, now it's kind of like, you know, I need to make that that time because it is good headspace. Definitely. Well, Anne, it's been such a pleasure. You've been an inspiration from a business and personal side. So thank you so, so much. And I look forward to seeing everything that's going to happen with you and yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Serial Entrepreneur brought to you by Startups Magazine. A podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges. Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this and then the pandemic happened and I didn't do this. And you spend so much time like second guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like we're human. It really does improve over time and I think sometimes when you're starting out you kind of almost expect yourself to have you know super high standards from the start you know you want to do your best at the start absolutely but you're never going to be perfect plus share their biggest secret their favorite breakfast cereals my favorite cereal is an australian cereal called nutrigrain rice krispies it's pretty boring wheatabix i have a clear winner it is uh cocoa pops 